Thank you. Good morning. Welcome to the Removing Confusion podcast. February the 19th. Yeah, we've almost scratched February clear off the year of 2022. For those of you that don't know what that song is, it's called Time. And it's by a secular group. You know me. You never know what I'm going to play for an opening. Because I never know what fits. But I'm going to tell you, are we looking around the world today? You know, the Russians are invading Ukraine. But uh, it didn't happen yet. And it may never, but it shows us just how close are we to something. Oh, well, you know, a guitar riff, I can't resist. Today on Removing Confusion, we have... Uh, hey, it's finally happened. We got Mike with us today. Mike Lyons from World Turned Upside Down, an apt name for a podcast. Mike's been a little quiet lately. He's a very busy guy, and uh, we appreciate him taking time with us today as we look into things that have some uh, relevance to time and how much time we have. Now, first off, right off the bat, we're going to say right off the bat here, folks, nobody here is ever going to put a date on the return of the Lord. Not on this show. Right, Mike? Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Hit the pause. (laughs) (laughs) But we are going to discuss some of the things that bring us closer and closer to the return of Christ because it's very important. And one of the things that if you, if you have your eyes open, if you're part of the uh, modern church, so to speak, uh, as it is, I don't care what denomination you're in. There's very few that haven't fallen into the Revelation chapter 3 church of Laodicea. Now, background really quickly is Laodicea was it was one of the seven churches that Jesus had John write a letter to. And they all started with things like to the angel of the church of Smyrna, the angel of the church. What it, that didn't mean that there was actually a, a wing-flapping angel. It meant the person, the messenger, the preacher to the church so that he could read the letter to their specific church. 
Now, some people, they have no idea about any of these churches, and we're going to just focus on Laodicea today. Am I saying it right, Mike? It sounds good to me. That's the way I say it. Okay. So it must be right. I'm just checking to make sure you didn't fall asleep on me. <laughs> no, I was skimming through my Bible here. Good. You do that. That's a, Are you at Revelation chapter 3? Yes, sir. You bet you are. You know, uh, I, I like I said, we're not going to talk about all the other churches, but we should have probably, uh, as, as a church of today, we should try to kind of hone in and be more like the Church of Philadelphia. But what has happened, we're going to go to Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 is where I'll start. I'll read the entire letter that John wrote to Laodicea. Now, Laodicea was a church in Asia Minor, just like the other churches in, in Revelation, the first couple of chapters of Revelation. Laodicea has a unique thing of two systems of water that flowed into it. One was hot, one was cold. It was like hot spring and a cold cold water. And when they mixed together, it became what we call lukewarm. Okay, Revelation 3 and verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of Laodicea, Right, these things saith the amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. <clears throat> I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So that then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest I am rich, increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, and poor, blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, and thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not, re, do not appear, and anoint thy, thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love... I rebuke and chasten the zealous, therefore, uh, be zealous, I'm sorry, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, open the door, and I will come in to him and will sup with him and be with him. To him that overcometh, that's a big word in all these letters, him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear. The Spirit saith unto the churches. That was the last letter written to the churches. You, they, I guess like they say, save the best for last, right? But not really. Laodicea, and it, there's a lot of people, just quickly, and then I want Mike to say a lot of stuff uh, so you don't have to hear me. But uh, Laodicea was the last letter written. A lot of people believe there were like seven church ages, and each church had a, an age that it fell into. I am one that believes all seven of these letters, and we haven't read them all, of course, have a place in the church as it is organizationally today. Most of them fall into the lukewarm category. It's a, I'll get up and go to church on Sunday morning, I'll listen to whatever the sermon may be and sing a few songs, go home, and that's it till next Sunday. 
I'm not worried about Bible study. I'm not worried. You know, this is the nominal Christian. Now, if you're not a nominal Christian, then, you know, still listen in. You'll learn things from the two of us. Uh, but there's a lot of people that fall into that. They, they don't, that's it, you know, or, you know, they'll turn on things like TBN network or, uh, or some of the other ones out there, church network and all those others that promote some things that they just aren't there. And we're going to cover that too. And those things that, that are, that aren't in the Bible yet are, can be twisted and molded the way people want them to be cause this lackluster approach to true Christianity. Mike. That's a, a mouthful. <laughs> when you look is. at this, I mean, <clears throat> you're talking about Laodicea here, and I did a podcast about this um, last year and um, to touch on exactly those things, how the church is lukewarm. And, uh, you know, like you were saying, a lot of people have just enough quote-unquote religion that they look good on the outside, but inside, you know, they're not. And they, they just want to get by, just do just enough uh, to hopefully sneak into heaven, which is not really how it works. Um, but, yeah, this uh, you see this a lot today. Um, and really it boils down to, especially when you look at, um, verse 19 and on, you know, Jesus is here knocking on the door, talk, telling them that if they're earnest and they repent, that he's knocking at the door and he'll come in. Um, but a lot of churches, they close their door to Jesus. And that's what we see today, especially, especially in the Western church. Oh yeah. Now, you look at some of the churches that are, many of them are underground. We're talking about China, um, the Middle East, places where there are persecution and people are killed on a weekly, maybe even daily basis for their faith. And you hear all this stuff in the news about China and the Muslim Uyghurs. Now, I, I agree, this is a terrible, terrible thing that's happening to these people. But what you don't ever hear in the news is anything talking about how China treats Christians. And it is absolutely pure evil. Amen. People are dying every day for their faith there. And, you know, the same thing happens in the Middle East. Um, I'm fairly well acquainted with that. I'm not going to get into the details on how, but um, daily. You know, when someone converts from Islam to Christianity uh, and their family finds out or the community finds out or the government finds out, they have a death sentence. They could be killed. And side note on this, if let's say you're a, a Christian and you're living in one of these countries and you convert somebody from Islam, for example, and you could be in some serious trouble yourself. Now, in heaven forbid, you baptize somebody and are found out. That's like immediately you're you're on the death uh, list by these these governments and the religious leaders there. So, you know, in America, we have no idea, no clue what's going on in the world. 
with uh, believers who are underground and the persecutions they're facing. And I'm telling you, Tom, we've talked about this many, many times. We are not ready for what is coming to America and what has already started just across the border. Wow. <laughs> let's, uh, let's broaden that just a little bit. You said America, and I appreciate that. You're right. America is definitely not ready. Uh, even the European countries mm-hmm. have the same because, you know, they all, we, we, we come most, you know, all right. Uh, a lot of us are the, the Western church, let's put it that way, is part of that European background, uh, which promotes some of the same teachings and preachings and whatnot, the Baptists, the Methodists, all the others out there that have done their best to, to lukewarm things down. Now, what, what Mike just said, you know, now I won't go any deeper than what he did. He does have a very good idea about Muslim persecution in places like the Middle East uh, and uh, Northern Africa. Uh, you know, we've talked about that a lot here uh, on this podcast alone about Muslim persecution against Christians. Now, some people will say, but some of those are Catholics. It doesn't make any difference. You know, it's not that we're pro-Catholic or promoting Catholicism or Roman Catholicism. Let's put it that way. What it is, is they see these people, no matter what they are, they, they said it about the Coptic church in e- Egypt as well. Uh, when they paraded those fellows out and cut their heads off on, at the, on the beach, well, they're cops. They don't really, you know, they're not really Christian like we are. They, well, the one guy was praying to Jesus and singing Psalms while they cut his head off. So you tell me, but yeah, their, their belief system may be a bit different, but to the outside eyes, those of that they're doing the persecuting, they see the cross. That's it. They're a Christian. Right. We're going to kill you. You know, uh, Chinese. Yeah. The Chinese church has been woefully, uh, not talked about in mainstream media because Christianity is not popular. Uh, Mike said something very, very poignant. Uh, if you convert from Islam to Christianity, and I could go a little further with that even because it, it's first century stuff. If you back then, if you if you converted from Judaism to Christianity, and even today as Orthodox Jews, you're done. You know they 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 they're they're known to kill some, and that's even in Judaism. Uh, but you're definitely out of the family. And, you know, the family unit to these people is extremely important. It's not like it is here where families are fractured and there's, you know, broken homes and all the other kind of things that go on and disagreements over stupid things that cause all kinds of rifts. Uh, There, the family is it. It's your world. And when you get popped out of it because you decide to follow Christ, you know, that's a big hit. Correct, Mike? We have that problem here in America with the, the structure of the church. When you think about how close the the original church was in, in the book of Acts mm-hmm. and uh, the, the first century, um, it's nothing like today because people were close. They lived in community. They did everything together. It, what does it say in Acts? They had everything in common. Yep. 
Um, today, the church has people coming from all different places, different cities, different communities coming to one place. And quite frankly, some of them might be coming and you, you wonder, well, why are you coming? And you ask people and they say, well, I come for the music or I come for the kids program or I come because I like this preacher or whatever the case may be. And it's, uh, you know, it, it's kind of a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's not divided, but it's not that community, you know? And so when you look at the context and we talk about context all the time and, and uh, how the, the early church was structured and how the society was structured back in the early days. It's nothing like today. Today is everything is me. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I'm independent. Look at, look at me, what I do. I don't need help from anybody. It's a very me, me, me focused society. And that's what's crept into, (laughs) crept into the church in a big way. It really has. You know, there's this uh, Acts 2.44 is what Mike referenced. And all that believed were together and held all things common. They held their beliefs common, and they they literally held everything, their, mm-hmm. their, their possessions. We know that they sold their, their lands and their cows and whatever else and brought the money and laid it at the feet of the apostles except for Mm -hmm. Ananias and Sapphira who lied and died. We know what happened to them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They lied and died. Right. And you know, there's, I always like those guys that say, boy, I'll tell you what, we'd be in trouble. You know, how, how many people would be, you know, ready to, to step up when they see somebody just dropping dead at the church door. Uh, and get it, you know, oh, okay, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me repent now and get it over with, you know. Don't you kind of, don't you kind of wish that that applied today when we're talking about like politicians? Oh yeah, but by far, <laughs> there wouldn't be any left. <laughs> Nobody be left. <laughs> there might be one or two. <laughs> and even those are walking on some pretty thin ice, I think. But yeah, uh, yeah you know, Goodness gracious, where was I going? Um, Jesus also said, and I, I believe it's in Matthew 24, that uh, for this reason, him, Jesus, a, 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 a mother will turn against her daughter, her, 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 her daughter-in-law, her mother-in-law, a father against his son. He said, for this reason, and he meant himself, because you decided to follow me. Jesus says, not me, but Jesus says, if you've decided to follow me, you're going to lose a lot. You have a lot to lose, but you've got heaven to gain. And uh, that doesn't really get put out there too much. You know, I hear that all the time. You have heaven to gain. Yeah, well, what do you got to do to get there? You know, you you have to uh, pick up your cross daily and follow me. I put that on Facebook the other day. I still have a Facebook page, Mike. And boy, did that open up some worms. And that along with a little meme that showed Jesus carrying a cross and, you know, uh, or a man carrying a cross and Jesus hugging him. You know, the other parts, what was it? It was, uh, you know, do my own thing and burn in hell kind of deal. <laughs> you know, somebody got all over me about it. And I was like, look, you know, do you know, do you know what's going on here? Um, 
let's talk about that martyrdom just a little bit and and how it how it goes with the church as a whole now here in the united states and mostly in in uh europe you know like say the western church we don't see that very often and and i talked about this just a little touch the other day on a podcast i did about second thessalonians i think but uh, i recommend it oh thank you (laughs) Yeah, recommend that real high so we can get more than 10 people listening. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't keep that close a track. Um, what was I going? Oh, yeah, martyrs. Um, the, we, don't, we don't see that very often. I mean, um, if it happens, it's not going to get reported on CBS, ABC, or Fox. You know, it'll just be another murder, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're seeing it happen up north. Uh, what was that fellow's name? Uh, Pastor Artur Woloski, Woloski, whatever. He was a Polish fellow. He came from Poland, folks. He knows about communist persecution of the church. And when they tried to shut his church down during the COVID fiasco, leave it at that, uh, he was arrested for keeping his church open. How many churches closed? I'll even say the one I go to closed, mm-hmm. you know, for three weeks. And then I, I kind of, I kind of hammered it back open. I'll, t- I'll give, I'll give a pass in the very beginning of this whole, you know, yeah. China virus mess because yeah. nobody knew what was going on. So, okay. Yeah. A couple of weeks. And then, you know, most of us figured out, wait a minute, this is, this is something's wrong here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, we, well, like you and I, we we uh, chat a lot on the uh, MeWe page. Uh, abort- yeah, I'm going to use yours first because I forgot it. Abortion clinics stayed open. Uh, liquor stores yep. stayed open. Pot stores stayed open. The church is closed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even, you know, you could go a little further. You know, I was supposed to have uh, some shots in my back for back pain. I couldn't even get that because... Mm-hmm hospitals are like nothing but uh emergency surgery so how many people Mm -hmm. did we lose to uh uh cancer treatments that didn't go on and stuff like that so you know it goes even beyond the church but we want to focus more on the church because church needs to stand up and say no you can't close us but you know the ones that didn't i'll even give john MacArthur credit you know they told him we're gonna put you in jail he says well i guess i'll start a jail ministry not that i'd recommend everything john says as being good but uh he's he's like a lot of them he has his good days and bad days his good points and bad points let's talk about martyrdom just a little bit in the church now first of all we're gonna touch this and we're no we're not gonna touch it we're gonna draw our fist back and smack this thing that says you will go through nothing Oh yeah, and I got something for it, that. It, you know, if I was writing that, it, there'd be you know, my famous dot 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 dot. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You know, we won't see persecution or tribulation. We will be gone before any of that can happen. You know, God is. I love this one, Mike, and you're going to love it too. I, I used it a few times. God isn't going to beat his bride. <laughs> Who's the bride of the church? Or I'm sorry, who's who is the bride? Jesus Christ, bride. That is would it, be the church. Is it really the church, or is the church the body of Christ? The church is the body. Yeah. 
The bride, if you look in, you know, it gets confusing. But in Revelation, I think, 19, it talks about his bride coming to him. And it's actually the Jews. But uh, we'll, we'll leave that alone, or, or New Jerusalem or something to that yeah, effect. Yeah, yeah. But we'll just leave that alone. I, you know, just that, that's one of those things that it, it sounds really good. You know, well, if God allows you to get, if God beats you up through the tribulation, then it, first of all, through the tribulation, God does not beat anyone. Mm-hmm. Tribulation, or as they like to call it, the great tribulation, is actually persecution by the devil. Mm-hmm. Persecution of Satan. His wrath mm-hmm. is being let loose. Okay, I want to just hit a couple real quick. This is, you know, us today in 2022 still holding on to the fact that we're not going through anything and and God's not going to allow, you know, you good church-going Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalians, Church of God, Church of Christ, Church of whoever that believes in it. And I lumped a bunch of them in there because a lot of people believe it and whatever. Uh Nothing's going to happen to you, Bob or Joe or Tom or Mike. But if your name was Matthew uh, in uh, uh, you know, back in 60-ish A.D., probably, or 40 or 50 A.D., a guy by the name of Matthew, does he, he ring a bell? Uh, he was one I think of I've the, heard of him. He was one of the 12, right? Suffered martyrdom in Ethiopia, killed by a mm-hmm. sword. Mark, who wrote... <laughs> Uh, I think did Mark right Mark, yeah, yeah he must yeah. have, huh? Isn't that funny? Uh, died in Alexandria after being dragged by horses through the streets until he was dead. Luke, of course, Doctor Luke that wrote uh, Acts and wrote Luke, mm-hmm. hanged in Greece as a result of his tremendous preaching to the lost. Mm-hmm. John, of course, lived uh, a long life, longer than most but faced martyrdom when he was boiled in a large basin of boiling oil during a wave of persecution in Rome. Of course, then he was thrown out there to uh, Patmos, where Revelation, which we read from, came from. Mm -hmm. He did die as an old man in uh, Turkey. Peter, crucified upside down. James Mm -hmm. was thrown off the church in Jerusalem, or the temple wall, whatever. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, we can go on. I, I got... I've had three pages here that a friend of mine put this out for us. Uh, he put it on Facebook. I've read it before. I've heard it. And I've said before, read Fox's book of martyrs. These guys are all in them. Mm-hmm. And then it goes forward. And I forget when Fox wrote that, but it was, you know, way late into the middle ages. And, you know, he covers the guys like Wycliffe and, and Tyndall and all these others that, and John Huss. Mm-hmm. And it goes on and on. You know, why is it that they, were persecuted for their faith. They faced tribulation. They died for their faith, but we won't. I ask that question all the time. Have you got an answer? No. Okay. (laughs) That pretty much ends the conversation. Yeah. Uh, Or they think it's a rhetorical question, like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm." Now, most people don't realize, and, you know, I'm not a Greek scholar. Are you, Mike? No, I am definitely not. Okay. I'm barely in English. Uh, you, you and I, I barely can, can speak English. Yeah, right. You and I can both open up a, a concordance, you know, Strong's concordance or or uh, the other ones that are available, and look them up the words that are used. I'm not, now I'm using a King James today, so God bless me. I'm doing good. Uh, the word martyr 
is if you look it up, it's more of a Greek word that's been transliterated or whatever. It actually is also means witness. So these men who died for their faith, and that's all it was, they were martyred. They're also witnesses to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that caused them to be killed by those who didn't want to hear what they had to say. I mean, one was, what I say was, uh, was it Mark that died preaching to the lost? Mm-hmm. That sounds like stuff that happens today, but it doesn't happen in Salem, Ohio yet. Nor here yet. But you know, the thing is, is we're, we're, as we get shoved more into this corner of Christianity, I don't like to use the word Christendom, but Christianity, we are going to see persecution come as they elevate the homosexual community that, you know, cause Christianity is so exclusive. It's inclusive. If you follow Jesus. He Mm -hmm. is the way, period. Period. There's no other way to the Father but through him. John 14, uh, 6. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. It says exactly that. No one comes to the Father except through me. Of course, if you don't believe in the Father, then I guess it doesn't matter. Well, there you go. You know, uh, is is there a faction of people who don't believe in God? Or they just believe in many gods, many, M-A-N-Y, many gods. But uh, <laughs> Everybody has a god or something that they worship. Yeah. Just it depends on what it is, you know, whether it's uh, your job, money, your possessions, uh, climate change, <laughs> whatever, you know. Everybody worships something. Climate change. At least you don't get me started on. You're that. politically correct. I still have the tendency to say global warming, and that's you know. <laughs> I'm looking at today, February the what did I say it was 19th, as it snows and it's very cold. So don't tell me about global warming. I live in Ohio. Um. Hey Tom, I got something for you here that ties right into that. You go. Now. It's funny because uh, I just happened to turn to this. I've been holding the page waiting for my moment. <laughs> you always have a moment. You just speak. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> Matthew 24. Okay. Does this sound familiar at all? This, this, Or is this just talking about the time frame that um, Matthew was in? Oh, no, wait. This is signs of the end of the age. Yeah. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see to it that you are not alarmed, even though the media would have you um, believe that everything is going sideways. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes. Uh, no earthquakes or anything happening, right? In various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Now, here's the, the key... Uh, it's the key verse after that, Matthew 24, verse 9. And if anybody's listening to this podcast, you've got to go read Matthew 24 and study it. Don't read it. Study it. Study. It says this, 
verse 9. Then you, that's us, will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me, me being Jesus Christ. At that time, many will turn away from the faith. Wait a minute. I thought we were one thing. Yeah, there's no, wait a minute. You can't, uh, you can't say that. Uh, okay, retract turn, that. That's not in there. Oh, okay. Many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Till the when? Wow. Till the what? Till the end. Oh, yeah, right. The end. You know, you might call that, oh, I don't know, the return of Christ. Or, you know, it could be as well to the end of you. Or the end of you exactly. until you're you're kneeling on a beach wearing an orange jumpsuit with some Muslim guy cutting your hat off. Or some homosexual. Are, yeah, are, are we ready for that? Are we ready for that in America? Are we ready for the, you know, if we uh, assemble to peacefully protest this madness that's going on in America like they're doing it in Canada? Are we ready for the police to come in and full body armor with batons and guns and tanks, corner us all? trample us to death like this lady was who was on uh she was an older lady on a scooter and she got trampled to death by a horse oh my god this happened yesterday in I canada see, i didn't i didn't see that that's so horrible. don't tell me that there's not going to be persecution because it says you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death and you will be hated by all nations because of me and many will turn away Sound like Laodicea? <laughs> Let's just do enough to get by. I'm sorry, I'm getting no, worked up here, to. but you it's just—I mean, up. it's just ridiculous. You—you've listened to me, and and we've been friends long enough. We were just discussing that how long we've been friends, and it's a bit over a decade. Let's put it that way. Uh, and you know me, dude. I'm—I'm I'm not afraid to. My voice will go up. My wife sometimes said, "Ah, settle down." <laughs> I'm like, I can't. I got passion. You know, I've got feeling in it and it comes out and, you know, I cut the door closed. So she's out, she's out there cleaning the house with the dogs, you know, yeah. and, and hopefully nobody's hearing me raising my voice. Oh, you know what? If you do, okay? you, you, you're, this is, this is removing confusion, by the way, yeah. folks, we are, uh, we're sponsored by, oh yeah, nobody. So, and we're going to stay that way because I don't want sponsors. You know, I've got all the equipment I need right now. Right in front of me. Well, I could use a new mm-hmm. iPad. Anybody that has an iPad for sale or wants to give one up that's not 15 years old, give me a yell. I'm kidding. I'm absolutely <laughs> kidding. But, uh, you know, I, I could use I could use a nice little laptop that I'm going to have to look into one of these days. But anyway, you know, I have what I need. I don't need more. You know, I'm not going to do uh, videos, so I don't need the Panasonic you know, high def cameras or anything. Uh, trust me, I'm not. I'm sitting here in my pajamas today, so I'm I think sorry. low def would be better for us. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <clears throat> oh goodness gracious! Uh, <clears throat> hey, hey, when you continue on in this passage, I mean, it goes on. <clears throat> it says how dreadful it will be for the, how dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers 
pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive, but for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. Give me that. So, give me the verse number on that. That would be. Uh, quit. I started on verse nineteen, Matthew okay. twenty four nineteen. Gotcha. And following, just so folks can follow. Uh, verse twenty one. Did you did you read that? Uh, yes. And now, King James, folks, for there shall be great tribulation, such as not since the beginning of the world to this time, mm-hmm. nor ever shall be uh that's where everybody gets the great tribulation they they claim there's this the great tribulation in the bible as in if you go way way back in time and look up my podcast years ago feels like uh where i did one about wrath and i did one about tribulation and persecution and stuff like that there is no mention of the great tribulation it just says on and on and on and on throughout all of the new testament specifically all those who live godly in christ jesus will face tribulation and persecution amen um who shall separate us from the love of god and uh romans chapter 8 and on uh will it be persecution they'll they kill us daily it says Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what I just read was just several of the of the founders. The 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 what does it say? The Bible itself, the New Testament Church, is founded on the apostles, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And the of course the chief cornerstone being Christ Himself. Right. We don't ever want to forget that, but their writings that He gave them is the foundation for what we believe today. Now, are we going to beat Thomas Jefferson and say, well, I don't like this tribulation thing. Cut that out. Now, I'm not saying that's what Jefferson did, but he did. You know, I love Jefferson for what he did for the country as a founding father. Don't think I'm knocking him, but he did create his own Bible where he went in and cut out all the miracles of Christ. Mm-hmm. And you can buy it at uh, different places. I'm not naming their names either because they don't give me any money either, Barnes & Noble or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Or the big A with the smiley face. You can go there and buy the Jefferson Bible. And if you put it down next to your New Testament and read through it, you'll find that he did. He chopped it all up because he didn't. He was a kind of a deist or whatever. He didn't believe these things. And you're getting somewhat the same thing today from the pulpit. They'll tell you, oh, these things can't happen. These are just first century stuff. And, you know, we're not even going to go into the miracles of Christ. I, I, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to get charismatic and Pentecostal because I'm not. But I'll tell you this much. The persecution does not end. And don't don't try to say, well, I had a disagreement with brother so-and-so, and that's my persecution. Did you did it draw blood? Did like Mike say? Did you have to put on an orange jumpsuit and go kneel on a beach? No, not here. 
we've been fortunate, and I believe God has has brought the church through some of this stuff. You know, without the here in America and in a lot of Europe, where you well, they did you know when you split when Martin Luther split from the Catholic Church, there was a lot of well, we know the what uh, would they call that thing that uh, blew that blew right out of my mind, uh, where they were taken and you know told to recant and they killed a lot of Jews too. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have a perfect recall of all things history, but I don't, but people know what I'm talking about. I think that, that are knowledgeable about these things. There has been persecution with us all along. Now we haven't had it here in the United States. Now, some people Not say, yet. you know, well, you know, the, the, the Baptists have persecuted the church of Christ and the, you know, the Church of Christ is, they have not. They That's don't, not persecution. They don't agree on that's, things. Yeah, we don't, we don't necessarily agree on this or that doctrine, so that's what that is. Mm-hmm. That's not persecution. <laughs> it's real. Let's be real. I have said more than once, and I get, I, I get dirty looks sometimes when I say things like this in certain circles. The main thing, when you, when you want to go into... Uh, your pulpit and stand there and pound your fist and talk against the church of God, the church of Christ, the charismatics, the this, the that, the other, because you are of a certain persuasion and you've been to a certain Bible college. You know, if you want to go in there and this is my stance and that's it, but you, you forget one thing. What is the foundation of all those churches? Do you know? Now, it can vary church building to church building and gathering. But in, in, the, in the bottom of it, the foundation is Jesus Christ. If that's it, then shut up. If they don't believe all your little doctrines that you've formulated somehow that really aren't all that biblical, you know, we, we hear the term thief in the night don't we mike mm-hmm. what's that usually pertain to the thief in the night is usually the uh rapture oh yeah there you go at least that's what they would say and some in, people would say that in our podcast last week or this past week we touched on that I lost my place in the bible isn't that horrible it says basically that uh, he he will come as a thief in the night, but you, being children of the day, Christian, should not be overtaken as one by a thief in the night. What does that mean? That means you better have your eyes open. You better be aware of the things that are going on around you. Don't, don't put your white sheet and go on and go sit on top of the hill like the Millerites did in the 1800s. And the Millerites were those who believed in, uh, well, actually, they believed that Jesus was coming back on a specific date. And they spent the entire day sitting on top of a hill somewhere in white sheets waiting. I guess I they, think the... Go ahead. The, 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 the bottom line of that, that passage is not what some people would make it out to be mm-hmm. the bottom line. And that is be ready. Yep. Be ready. 
And if you're a Christian, if you're a, a believer, well, I shouldn't say. You know, it's kind of hard to use the word Christian because everybody thinks that they can take that word. You know, Mormons try to take that, Jehovah Witness, all of this. Well, what we really should maybe consider is changing it to something like Christ follower or something like that because people have hijacked the word like they do with everything else. Yeah, like I said, Christendom. I won't use that word anymore. Yeah. Because it, it encompasses um, way too much. But the, the, the bottom line with that is be ready. And as a believer, if you're in the Word, if you're studying, if you're praying, if you're listening to the Holy Spirit, um, you probably are aware of the way things are going. Now, that doesn't mean you should sit around and be worried and obsess and fret over it and and just be in a constant state of, oh, no, it's coming. Well, no, we, we just have to be aware of it because we we know what the Scripture says. We can take a look at the uh, the signs of the times. Now, some people would argue that, well, there are no more signs. Oh, oh, oh really? Well, we're going to. Yeah, don't, don't get me started on that one. Well, I, you but, already started it. But, uh, you know, I'm continuing on here in Matthew 24, and I find this verse to be particularly interesting. It's verse 42. Matthew 24, verse 42. It says, Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Does it say, you know, how, how many days or that he's coming multiple days? He's going to come take some people on the first bus ride and then later he's going to come pick up the rest in the plane. I, I'm being facetious. Yeah, here, I know but, you are. That's okay. You we're, know, it's, we're very facetious here. Day. It says day. What day your Lord will come. The King King Jamesists, if you read it, it says hour. Yeah. You know, not what hour. Same thing, basically. I mean, you know, well, you're using NASB. So, are, Mike, are you using the yeah. NASB? Yeah. I okay. Actually, I think right now I have the NIV because I couldn't find the NASB. Oh, okay. and I'm using my phone to call you, so <laughs> it's not my choice. But uh, normally I'd use NASB. I'm surrounded by Bibles here. I couldn't find my other one, so this is the one I have. Um, Let that go down. Michael lost his Bible. <laughs> hey, I, I rely on technology too much. You know, I, I, I use my phone a lot because the nice part about that is I can flip back and forth between NASB and KJV and ESV and NIV and uh, different I, I do, things. Just I do the same. It, I have yeah. uh, the uh, iPad open to Blue Letter Bible. Dot org, yeah. the app, actually, where I can do Tom, the same you're ta- thing. you're talking about people like bashing other, we'll call it Christians or denominations or whatever from the pulpit. Some yeah. people just live to do that. Now, is it, uh, is it wrong to pull? Mike? Well, we lost Mike. He he uh maybe his battery went dead. Let's see what we can do here. These the, and again, technology is striking us. But we'll be right back with Mr. Lyons here in a minute. This is real time stuff, folks.
You there? Yeah, you you went somewhere. Hey, I don't know what happened. I was on a roll there too. Well, that's what happens when you get on a roll. The gremlins come around, come out. But do you remember where, where you were? Well, I don't know. <laughs> it hung up on me. So. Well, what I was saying was, we were talking about uh, technology, and you 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 lost your Bible. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> well, I went on a huge rant there and didn't even realize because you didn't say anything. Yeah, it just died, man. You know, the <laughs> folks got to hear the whole thing of you know phones ringing and you coming back. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Time. That just shows, um, shows that we're we're real here. I could have done that pause thing, but every time I do it on this board, I lose everything. So we just no swung it. it. It's live, folks. Live to record. Um, no, what I was saying was you were talking earlier about um, people who get up behind the pulpit and like yeah. to bash the Baptist or Church of Christ right, or right. you know charismatic or whatever. Now, when you spend so much time on that and pointing out the differences or the disagreements that you might have with somebody's doctor. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't point it out, but we need to use the Bible as our source for, um, you know, pointing these things out. But when you're doing that and you're spending all your time on that, you're not focused on Jesus. You're not focused on his death, burial, and resurrection. You're not focused on the fact that he's coming again to take his church back uh, to be with him in heaven and judge the world. What you're doing is, Basically, I call it being lazy because it's easy to sit out there and get all animated and get people riled up over pointing out the differences and making a particular pet uh, doctrine of your particular denomination you know, out to be an idol, which is what it is when you go on a rant about, you know, once saved, always saved, or preacher of rapture, or whatever the case may be, and you make it all about that. Let me ask the question, and this is kind of a rhetorical question. What happens when you spend all your time doing that, pointing all these things out, confusing people, uh, turning, making division amongst uh, the body of believers? What ha- how winsome are you to that person who's out there in the audience uh, listening to what you have to say, and you're not preaching Jesus and what Jesus did, who Jesus was, who God is, what are God's attributes, what are his characteristics? What what good are you doing? One now I'm not talking about you, Tom. No, I'm no, just I, talking. <laughs> well, that's fine if you do. I, I probably deserve it. One finger, in general, one finger pointing this way, three fingers pointing back. Yeah, you got that right. You know that's that's so, the old saying, right? So, to me, it just it baffles my mind. Now, granted, I I, I don't think that there are too many. I hope that there aren't too many. Uh, people out there behind the pulpit doing that thing because most of them are just back there spewing a bunch of garbage, uh, you know, made up self-help stories, chicken soup for the soul, making some silly analogy about, you know, some story that they downloaded from the internet about Abraham Lincoln or something. And, uh, you know, it just, it's useless. It's, it's, you know, we're supposed to use our words to, to get a point across and we only have so much time. So if we're wasting time with useless words, what are we doing to help further the kingdom of God? Very little. Let so me my, let me use rant. some words, okay? <laughs> let me use some words. These are the words from the book of First Thessalonians, chapter four. Oh boy! As soon as, as soon as I find where I wanted to be, goodness gracious. Uh, 
For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, or the trumpet, and the, what's it say here? The dead in Christ shall rise first. Rise first, yeah. Then we which are alive, and as a buddy of mine likes to say, we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we be with the Lord forevermore. Now, first off, if you know your Bible well enough, and I don't claim to be a full Bible scholar, but I do know you and I, and this is my lane, is prophecy and the study of, and I study it a lot. I stay in it real hard, and people say, well, you should be out winning souls. I do when I do. You know, and that's another thing. I don't know how many people I've won to the Lord. I really don't. Cause I don't think anybody knows. First of all, if, you, if you're one of those people that goes out there and gives numbers, we won, I won 50 people, 100,000 yeah. people. Won it. Got 11 baloney. today. You know? Baloney. 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 Yeah. Yeah. You don't even know if you did. Because some people will say a prayer with you just to say it and get you out of their face. I'm looking here yeah, well, right now. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine countries that we're reaching right now, and some of those are places that you uh, it blows my mind. The one thing about Anchor, you can see, you know, how many. It's not a very big percentage in India and in Africa and others, but it, it, what, whatever, two percent. I'll, I'll I'll take that for now. You know, we're worldwide, folks. If you're listening to this podcast, it's not just touching Ohio; it's going everywhere. And I don't know mm-hmm. what seeds are being planted. I, tr- I know what I try to plant. But anyway, that's not about me. Let's get away from me. Let's go back to what I just read, okay, which was First Thessalonians chapter 4 and uh, verse 15, 16. Or 16, 17, wasn't it? Um, I want to I focus on this one thing particular. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. That is, what do you call that, Mike? Do you know? It starts with an R. Resurrection. There you go. It's a resurrection. How many resurrections are there in the Bible? Two. What is the Bible trivia? Yeah, two. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> My wife hates when I do that to her. She'll look at me like, "What? Well, I, I don't know. I'm I'm busy doing the bills, and you're asking me stupid stuff." Or not stupid. That's right, she didn't say that. <laughs> Strike that from the record. She, <laughs> no, she says, I, "I I don't know what you want." But that's what I want. That's what you hit it. You hit it on the head when I gave you the R. You yeah, know, we're, yeah. That's like uh, Wheel of Fortune. Brrr, R. <laughs> resurrection. Sorry, folks. We're having fun. But it is a resurrection, and there are only two resurrections in the entire canon of Scripture. And it's in the in, uh, Revelation tells us there's the resurrection of the just and the mm-hmm. resurrection of the Unjust. Unjust. Mm-hmm. Now, you're either in one of those or the other. This, to me, tells me it's a resurrection. The graves are open. Now, is it mm-hmm. secret? As they try to tell us. And, you know, I'm going to get myself in trouble with my Baptist friends. But is it a secret when it says he's going to come with the trump? There's going to be a trumpet blowing? And an archangel, an archangel, 
the voice of an archangel? I bet those guys got some lungs on them. Because they're wakening up the dead. Now, this, is, this isn't some secret thing to me. And, I, I, you know, I, I'm going out on the limb. Mike, you can stay back there where it's safe. I'm sawing the limb off behind me. You know? <laughs> but that's, that's you know, it's what the text says. But yet we've drummed up this thing through the many years that, you know, you won't see any bad stuff. You're going you're gonna to be okay. You know, there's a pre-tribulational because there's going to be tribulation and you're going to get out before that happens. You won't see anybody. Has anybody, has anybody that's alive today that's more than 30 or 20 or 10 as far as that goes that lived through the last year and a half or two and seen the things that they prerequisite to what's coming? We just said they shut down every church they could. They arrested pastors up in Canada. Canada's kind of like, you know, our our uh, our fluffy cousin neighbor, you know, they, and now they're not. They're like crazy up there. Their 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 government's gone gone loony. Like, you want to jump in there before I get myself in too much trouble? Well, <clears throat> you know what? What can you say about that? Uh, there's a lot of. <laughs> can I use a term that's used a lot today? misinformation or <laughs> disinformation about it. Misinformation, and, disinformation. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it says somewhere else, and I don't I don't have this memorized, but it talks about, you know, for, for the that day, um, for some it'll be like a terrible day. Oh, and I can't remember where it's at. But the implication there is that everybody is going to know. And if Jesus is coming down out of the clouds, don't you think everybody's going to know? Don't you think that's going to be in a, 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 a once in a lifetime, you know, event that has never happened before that everybody's going to know? This same Jesus that you see going up into the cloud. I'm paraphrasing Acts chapter one, folks. Mm-hmm. So you can go there and check it out. This same Jesus, and I've, I've done blogs on this because Jesus doesn't change. But okay, so the, the angel makes it very plain to his disciples. This same Jesus that you see today going up will return to you in like manner. Yeah, so the same way. People not, saw, everybody saw him going up. Everybody's going to see him coming back. Yeah. It's not going to be a secret. It's not going to be a secret. Now, I'm trying to, I, I, I know that what you were referencing uh, is, I think it's from Amos. It's Amos or Hosea, one of those, what they call the minor prophets, where it does talk about a day of, of darkness, a day of horror. Uh, you know, you'll go and st- stick your hand on the wall and get bit by a snake and all that. A lot of that was uh, Hebraic sarcasm to a certain degree mm-hmm. uh, because to those who are lost, it's going to be a bad day when Christ returns. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be a bad day for those who 
have decided to follow Jesus, as the song says, I have decided to follow Jesus. Though no none go with me, still I follow. Boy, that just came out of nowhere. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be your best day. If you're dead and you went into your grave following Jesus, you're coming out. But that's mm-hmm. got to be a resurrection. It just can't be anything else. Mm-hmm. And I know, I'm, you know, I'm going to get some folks that are going to come to me probably tomorrow and say, uh, what are you trying to say? And I, I may have to explain myself. Second Thessalonians chapter two. We just did our show the other day. We're going to do a little touch here, Mike. But, mm-hmm. and we're starting verse one. We won't go too much further than that because it gets really deep. Now we beseech you, brethren. Who's who's he talking to? Brethren? Is that the lost people that aren't in the church? No. Is that some, you know, guys like, like you know, you see him on the street. Hey, brother, what's up? You know, he ain't really your brother. No. And he's not really a guy that's in your church. It just comes a word that we say. But Paul didn't use it this way. And when you see brethren... <laughs> That should tell you, hey, he's writing to the church. Mm-hmm. Not to the church 2014 years or 22 years away. He's writing to the church as a whole from, from there in his time, Paul's time, to infinity whenever Christ returns. Okay, forgot, forget where I was at. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Greek time. Coming is called a parousia in Greek. Parousia, yeah. It means arrival or advent. Advent. Mm-hmm. Future, and I capitalize this, visible return from heaven of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's your. That's that Greek word. Now, see... In the circles that I run in, sometimes I have people that tell me, oh, you can't use that concordance. It waters down the Bible. <laughs> well, you know, let me ask you something, you that know so much and don't use your concordance. Uh, go to Isaiah. I don't remember the exact uh, verse and chapter, but you can use a concordance and look up the word um, cockatrice, and tell me what it is. Do you, do you know, do, Mike? Have you seen a cockatrice lately? Is, have you seen? I'm trying one? to remember what it is. It's actually what it says in the Strong's Concordance is a flying, flaming serpent. Yeah, I haven't seen one of those lately. Now, some people just <clears> say, <throat> "Oh, it's just a chicken." <laughs> yeah. but, <laughs> You know, that's that's the King James, and I love the King James. You know that. I, I'm not a King James onlyist, but I love the King James because I was there when they wrote it. <laughs> so I understand it. I've, I've been using it all my life, so it's it's what I it's what I fall to. And uh that's okay. That's okay. You know, you use what you feel comfortable. I also have an NASB sitting in front of me, a new English Bible down below, and I got Wycliffe's Bible uh what is that thing? Commentary. I bought it at a, I bought it at a, a Amish 
uh, thrift store for a quarter. Mm. Thing is awesome. It was written a long time ago. Uh, anyway, let's look, awesome. let's look at that uh, just a bit. What we said, Perusia, right? That's that's the uh, coming of Christ. Now, in 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 Greek, it was in the in that uh, in their culture. You know, like when the king came to town, you know, people would gather around and wait for him to show up, and they'd clean the streets and everything else like that, you know, and they anticipated that the emperor, whoever, whatever the Greeks had, you know, the the mayor, whatever, whoever that big shot that was showing up, they they looked forward to it, and they they got themselves ready. They put on their best clothes, and his parousia, his arrival was anticipated that's what that means simply the coming of our lord jesus christ and by the gathering together unto him and that is the epasunagoge or episynagogue mm-hmm. to make it simple and it just synagogue meant a gathering place and epi is a a, a pro uh what do you call that thing uh uh that goes before a word pro pretext or whatever mm-hmm. preposition. The thing, you know, I'm not an English major either. As you said, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the Greeks are good and don't know the English very good either. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it just simply means he's talking about the coming of Christ, not the secret coming, this coming. And then we're gathered together to be with him. And of course, you know, Paul was writing this thing to the Second Thessalonians. The Second Thessalonians. The these he's writing it to the Thessalonians because mm-hmm. in between first chapter, the first letter to them, and the second, somebody came along and said, "Hey, you missed it. Jesus came. Rapture's over. See you later. You might as well go back to being Jews or whatever you were heathens up there in, in Greece." Uh, let no man deceive you by any means, verse 3 of the same, uh, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. That tells me, folks, that you're going to see if you live long enough and you, you stay within the church and you stay with your eyes open, you're going you're gonna to witness a person that's talked about quite often uh, in our Christian circles, uh, known as the Antichrist, son mm-hmm. of perdition, the devil incarnate, basically. Mm-hmm. Or ma- man of lawlessness. Man of lawlessness. That's, I like that one, too. I do like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done, uh, we just did a thing here. I think I did more than one because my memory gets messed up on lawlessness because we, mm-hmm. it, you look around, what's happening? There's a, there's a spate of lawlessness in society. Mm-hmm. Now, God's very concerned about that, but I'm going to tell you something else. He's more concerned about the lawlessness from the pulpit, the lawlessness that goes on within our so-called Christian churches. Now, I'm not pointing my fingers at anybody, I'm going to, but except for these guys. I was we were talking about before real quickly was Hillsong. Hillsong started this. Well, they didn't really start it, but they became one, the uh, monster that you know with their their music groups and and their lackadaisical uh, 
attitude towards real preaching and using the Bible as a, as a, and, and twisting scripture, as Peter said, you know, they rest the scriptures to their own destruction. The, uh, the big dog over there at Hillsong's name is Brian Houston that had to step down because of some, you know, stuff going on in the background. Moral over, issues. Yeah. Yeah. Right. New York. Their, their big shot, Carl Lentz, had to step down because of the same thing. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that, you know, homosexuality, what do you think of that? Oh, it's okay. God doesn't say that, but he does. I mean, I guess it's okay if he does, right? This is what's happening. That's the Laodicean thing that we started with, and we can circle back. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> Let me circle well. back to that. Dye my hair red and call me Raggedy Ann. <laughs> or I have been called her the Scarecrow. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> well, getting back to that, you know, you're talking about Laodicea, and um, uh, they talk about the them being uh, lukewarm, so they're not cold or hot. Now, in and of itself, you think about that, and you think about Okay, hot water is good. Hot water is good for cooking. Hot water is good, you know, take a nice hot shower and use it for different things like that. Cold water is good, too, on a hot day when you're thirsty and you just need a a cool drink. But lukewarm, what's lukewarm good for? It's not really good for much, is it? Not much at all. So that's kind of saying that it's you're not you're not good you're not cold good you're not hot good you're just in the middle so it's kind of kind of useless and uh a, a lot of these when you talk about the Laodicean church they they're self-consumed they they have all the wealth that they that they could ever want um but what they don't realize it says here but you do not realize that you're wretched pitiful poor blind and naked oh my so they're so blinded by their own, maybe we'll call it self-righteousness here, that they think that they think they have everything they need physically, but spiritually they're dead. Ouch. And, uh, you know, it says you can, uh, you can cover your, yourself, uh, your shameful nakedness, put salve on your eyes so you can see. So they're blind. They don't even realize that they are. And a lot of people would equate this to like the prosperity gospel thing, which I don't know. I'm not promoting people like Osteen. No. But have you ever sat and just like listened to what he's saying? He, 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 he sometimes takes a little bit of truth and you're listening to it and you're like, okay, that sounds good. And then he just fills it with a bunch of gobbledygook, psychiatric, self-help nonsense. Pop psychology. And it's just like, man, I, honestly, when I look at stuff like that, I think, how could somebody sit there and listen to that and say, this is, this is good, this is profitable for me in my spiritual walk, when it's all about me, me, me. Here's, here's another thought on that track. Joel Osteen, Joyce Meyer, and a host of others that's, I like how you put that. It's have you ever sat and listened to what they're saying? Mm-hmm. Now, guys like you and I and some other ones I know that are 
a little bit more biblically astute, we can sit there and say, can you listen to what he's not saying? Right. You know, he may mention Jesus. He may throw a Bible verse out there, hold his Bible up in the air and say, this is my Bible. You know, I don't even know how that goes, but I've seen him do it. And it's like, after that, I'm done, man. I, you're, you don't, where's the Bible at? When, when are you going to get back to the Bible? And that happens in, in church after church after church. And it doesn't have to be guys who listen or, or a, a, a acquire the Osteen way. But, you know, it's like we can't give them too much Bible because they can't handle it. And I'm telling you right now, that is the wrong attitude. People sitting, yeah. you know, you get up on Sunday morning. I don't know what it's going to be like tomorrow out here, but it's cold today, and it was cold last week. But, you know, those kind of days, a rainy day, whatever. You get up on a Sunday morning, and you get dressed, you know, put on your suit and tie or whatever you wear, but no matter what, you know, wash your face, have your breakfast, and go out the door, leave your home, which is comfortable and warm, mostly, and drive 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, some people, to church, and you're, you know, you, you, did you come all that way and do all that preparation to sit and listen to nothing? I mean, you've, you're going to what we call the church, the building that houses our worship. And we're, me, uh, we're supposed to go there to worship, not to uh, hear nothing about Jesus. Let, let me jump in there because you, you hit a point that I have been you know, I don't know if it's the Holy Spirit or what, but it has been like really laying hard on me. You said preparation and doing all these things to get prepared to go. But there should be more preparation in the life of a believer mm. to prepare themselves to worship. And I'm talking about, you know, the corporate worship setting because there are other areas of worship. But, you know, do you listen to... uh, uh hymns or good Christian, good Christian songs during the week? Do you uh, meditate on the word of God? Do you study the word of God? Are you in prayer? Are you praying for your, uh, your preacher? Are you praying for the leaders? Are you praying for the people of the church? Are you praying for God and the Holy Spirit to open your eyes and open your heart to be receptive to the message? Now, I mean, it's one thing, it's the message, it's just a bunch of nonsense, happy stories for 25 minutes and five minutes of Bible. Right. But what, what, what have you done during the week to prepare yourself? You, did you go to work and, and tell a bunch of dirty jokes to your friends <laughs> in the workplace? Did you, uh, did you go to, uh, uh your, your kids, uh, sporting event and scream at the referees and call them idiots and who knows what else who knows what else yeah when you're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off did you roll down your window and give them the finger i mean think about it people today what the number one problem is biblical ignorance because people don't open this book up that i have right here in front of me and see who god is what God has to say and live it. And that is why we wind up with these churches that are like Laodicea. That sounds like legalism. <laughs> That's what I've been told. That's 
you're too legalistic. You're yeah, you're okay. not leaving room for <laughs> grace. Now, there's there's plenty of room for grace, but there are certain things that God requires of us. God does not just love us and that's it. He requires things from us. It's not just a, a one-way street. But, of course, you know, that could get into a whole other can of worms if you just raise your hand and say this prayer and yeah. you're good forever. But <laughs> We could do another one on that one. But <clears throat> I'm not here to bash that because... But the, the, the church the in, that we come. see in Revelation is just, uh, you know, they are doing the bare minimum to hopefully, to hopefully uh, get into heaven because God has shown them grace and said, well, you know, 90, 98% of your life was not that great, but 2% was good because you showed up for an hour every Sunday. <laughs> Hey, here's here's a a Bible verse. I, I have a printout that I printed out earlier, making a notebook of my prof, prolific writing. Uh, Romans six one. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? <laughs> By no means. Romans six two. God forbid. How shall we? How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now, does that really mean that you have to live a life of sinless perfection? No, it does not. No. But it doesn't say, oh, hey, go do what you want. You're good. Do as yeah. thou wilt. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the, 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 uh, the culture of the Beatles and yeah. others that uh, slid, slid Aliester Crowley right into a lot of their songs. You know, uh, the do what thou wilt is the whole of the law. No, it's not do what you want. It's following Christ. We said before, pick up your cross, deny yourself, pick up the cross, and follow me, Jesus said. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, the oldest path. Sounds good to me. And the new new is here. I'm paraphrasing. Did you say? You're not living in... If you're not living a new life, yeah, I think it's Second Corinthians five seventeen. Okay, you carry on. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, well, if you're wrong, <laughs> I'm not sure where it's at, but I know I, I've read it, and see, I've been yeah. I've been castigated on that. Well, if you went to Bible college, you'd know all that. Yeah, five seventeen. Yep. The old is gone, and the new has come. And this is eighteen, and this is from God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Christ. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, some would say that's just for you know Paul and Titus and them that, that they had the ministry of reconciliation. But we're also living according to um, what Paul is teaching. Um, he was teaching the Corinthian church that they ought to do as he did. And and again, it goes back to what we read in Second Thessalonians two verse one, where he said, "Brethren." In almost all of these letters, he says something to that, to that, or he says, you know, all the saints that are in uh, Achaia, uh, grace unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, be bl- blessed be God, even the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. That's Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. You know, he's writing to a church. 
That's the thing that kills me is, you know, Paul wrote to churches. He didn't write and just throw it on the, on the ground and wait for some, you know, poor hapless sinner that's lost yeah. as a goat to come by and pick it up and say, oh, wow, look at this. Thank goodness this guy dropped his tract off for me. Yeah. Well, you know, tracks are great. I think we should, tracks pass, are good, but... we should pass out tracks like crazy. Uh, but, you know, you got to expect a lot of them to get thrown in the trash because I've seen that happen quite yeah. often. Yeah, yeah. There's the one of those I guess it's a parable of the of the two the publican and the Pharisee in the temple. Yeah. Yeah. Um I tell you this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for every man that exalteth mm-hmm. himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Uh also within the context of that in uh Matthew eighteen. Is that mm-hmm. Matthew eighteen? He he also says that the Pharisee, the very religious guy, mm-hmm. prayed unto himself. He wasn't, you know, looking up to God. He prayed to himself. So it's like, yeah, who who who's his God? You know, the Pharisees were known for putting these people under horrible laws that they made up precepts of man mm-hmm. and you have that today I and mean, we're not trying to do that we're not trying to tell you that you have to live under the law to get through and make it no it's very simple that uh we have to that was well, luke, I, i'm sorry that was luke 18 i have it on my on my yeah. uh mike st- uh mike boom here and it's folded over but you know well, well, yeah, go ahead, Mike. Let me tell you that, you know, whenever somebody comes at you and throws the legalism thing in your face, uh, really what that is, is just that I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it boils down to. Or, Let's not have a conversation. So you're, you're being legalistic. You think you're just holier than I am. Yeah. I'm the last one to think that. Trust me. Trust no. me. So, you know, I find that to be the case often with people who are biblically illiterate, which is unfortunately a fair amount of people. And, uh, you know, I have sort of turned my, my prayers toward people to become more biblically literate, uh, within the church specifically. And, and thankfully we have a preacher who's, who's doing a good job with that. And, uh, at just bringing the word, not giving us a bunch of <laughs> external tripe, um, that tribe's that is, a good word. Yeah, nobody wants that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, right. Uh, no, I just want milk. Um, so when they when they want to throw stuff like that in your face, you know, it's just to shut down the conversation and try to make you look like you don't know what you're talking about. Or if they but, just say, "Well, whatever," yeah, and walk away well, from I, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's true for you, Tom, but uh, the rest of us who are enlightened. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. I'm so enlightened. Yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. Patience, experience, experience, hope. That uh, that was Romans 5, 3. And not only, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. You know, again, that's 
talking of tribulation in life. You'll have tribulation in life, and you should glory. You know, yeah, yeah. We, I had a guy say to me, well, well, should we be sitting around looking for misery? And I'm like, no, I'm not looking for it. I actually don't want it. But yeah. in it, you can find the grace of God. Yeah. Or yeah. you should not sit there and whine about, oh, man, you know, my back hurts today. Well, yeah, it does. It, but, you know, are you going to make it through the day? Yeah. There's people way worse off than, than I am. I got a terrible back, but, you know, I'm, I'm working around that. But there's people are way where they're in, they're in wheelchairs they're, or bedridden, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, you have to, what does it say? You know, I, I, I griped about how my feet hurt until I met a man with no feet. Yeah. You know, uh, what, what's that lady's name? Joni Erickson Tata or Johnny Erickson Tata. Who mm-hmm. ended up in a in a in a wheelchair for a, from her teenage years on, and she even said one time. Now I don't believe that she's actually being. You know, look at me. I'm so much more holy than you are. But she said, "I wouldn't give up my chair for anything. Mm. I've learned to love it because through it, I have drawn closer and closer." to the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Richard Vermbrand, we brought him up, I think, on our podcast yeah. the other day, who said, you know, yeah. I, I basically his his tenant was, there are times when he was free, he, he, he was horribly persecuted by the Romanian church, or I'm sorry, yeah. Romanian church, Ex- the Romanian communist government run by the Russians. The Russians had come yeah. into Romania and took him over. And he was horribly persecuted by them, beaten, and isolated in, in solitary confinement. And there's times that when he got out and he went on his evangelistic tours, he said, there are times I almost wish I was back in my cell because there in the darkness and alone and in the pain, I was closer to Christ than I am now. All the hustle and bustle of life and uh, running from this church to that church to tell people about the horrors of, uh, the persecutions, uh, you know, you get so busy, the busyness of life, even when you get into the ministry, the busyness of life can take you away from what you need to do, which is read your Bible, pray I wish often. I wish that, and I don't wish, I pray that we could impart on people that we meet or through a podcast or in church, impart what it means to experience real persecution. Because honestly, if, one of the biggest um, issues that I see going forward with a lot of people who have been taught this dangerous doctrine of uh, pre-tribulation rapture mm-hmm. is that many of these people are just going to throw up their hands and say, that whole Christianity thing is a bunch of bunk because they sold me a bill of goods and this preacher or that preacher told me that I wasn't going to have to deal with this, so I'm done. That That's the danger. That coupled with the uh, other thing that was briefly thrown out there, OSAS, once saved, always saved. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, there there's John MacArthur himself said, you know, I believe that, you know, you can take the mark of the beast and be redeemed. Nope. 
and you no know, way. then they backpedal and say, well, that's all during the, the tribulation period when we're gone anyway. Uh, no, you, you said it, John, and it's on tape and I've heard it and I've played it other places and it's very plain. He says that you, you, you know, Roman or Romans, I got Romans in my head. Revelation 13 speaks of yep. the number of the beast, 666 and all that. And then Rome, uh, there I said it again. Revelation 14 says yeah. those who took that mark on their head or hand go into the fire, which burneth forever and ever with the false prophet and the beast and the antichrist. Yeah. Period. Been, yeah. No redemption. Anyone. You've denied God. I, I don't mm. know how people get around the fact they try to play this thing of, well, you know, so-and-so got saved as a 14-year-old, and then at 18 they got tattoos, uh, pins in their face, which, you know, look, that doesn't send you to hell, folks. But they yeah. turn themselves completely against God, the falling away of, of Thessalonians 2, 2 Thessalonians 2. There will be a great falling away. That's just a minor one. There's going to be a huge departure from the faith. Now, let me tell you something. Yeah. If you depart from something, you had to be there. Mm -hmm. If I take a flight and I land in, you know, you always end up in Atlanta or, or Chicago or something. <laughs> and I land Terrible. there and I'm sitting there. I'm there. I'm in the airport. I'm in yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. But then I get on another airplane and I depart it. I'm no longer there. Departure means departure. You've left something. You know, if I'm uh, even better, you know, I can't fall off of a ladder that I didn't climb up first. So if I'm on the ladder and I decide, well, I'm not going to be on this anymore and jump off, I'm, I'm not on it anymore. If you're in the faith and then you turn your back on it, you're no longer in the faith. That's I think a lot of people gloss over this whole passage that you know uh what is it i'm just gonna do a quick here <clears throat> if uh yeah that uh what are you gonna, you're in second thessalonians second here. thessalonians chapter two about verse three two. yeah okay uh that day will not come until the rebellion occurs i don't know what king james says but oh wow dude i think we just blew out my card Oh really? Yeah. Oh wait, it's still going. I don't know what that was saying. Okay, go ahead, Mike. Second Thessalonians. Well, it says uh, <laughs> it says that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed. So there has to be a rebellion or a falling away, and that's talking about people who say that they are believers that they are in the church. Well, what's going to cause them to fall away? I don't know. Uh, persecution, uh, you know, what's the precursor to that? Maybe uh, COVID? It, you know, the, the thing is, is I, I believe, honestly, that there's there's many things that could be precursors to it. Mm -hmm. You know, that there's going to be uh, a lot of these things that happen, and they happen just like the wars and the rumors of wars. They happen... They keep they keep getting escalated, right? They, they get right. stronger and stronger as we go along. 
and uh, mm-hmm. that's that's the that's the bottom line, you know, is yeah. that uh, trying to figure out how to. I'm I'm doing two things at once here, and we'll see. Okay. I mean, as as the 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 shot stuff and the uh, all the other mess that's come about with us lately mm-hmm. is is really just one more step towards whatever's coming. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people don't want to buy into that for some reason. So, uh, you know. Hey, check check it out here. Um, I don't mean to cut off your thought. Here, no, you're good. You're good. In Revelation 3, we're talking about Laodicea here. Look what it says in uh, uh, verse 21 here. It says, To him who overcomes... I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Overcome. Overcome. Huh. You, you know, Interesting word to ponder there. Uh, it's, it's more than what the bill of goods we get sold. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. It's, it is definitely more than what mm-hmm. they want us to, uh, you know, and again, we're not teaching, lordship salvation mm-hmm. that uh gets tossed about a lot that's not that's not what we're saying we're not saying uh your your salvation hinges on the works that you do afterwards your salvation hinges on the fact that you stay in the faith you yeah. stay believing in Christ you know you yeah. may you may be one of the worst followers that he's ever had but as long as you stay in the faith and I don't encourage being a bad follower of Christ. Don't get me wrong. But as long as you stay in the faith, that's what they're looking for. There are so many people who don't. And it's mm-hmm. it's given us a, a clear indication that there's going to be a time when there's going to be a lot of people that don't. They're just going to jump out. Uh, no, it's, it, things are too hard for me. I've seen it happen already. And we haven't yeah. even gotten to the uh, extremes of things yet. Not by a long shot, but it's coming. Oh, yeah, well, overcomes, or the word overcome implies that there's some obstacle that needs to be overcome. Exactly. Not that it's just rainbows and unicorns and chocolate cake. Although I could go for chocolate cake. Not good for me. <laughs> I have a sugar free. <laughs> yeah, well, there you get sugar-free, sugar-free. Give me a break, <laughs> Mike. I think we're going to have to wrap this up. It didn't. We didn't. We yeah. didn't blow the card, but we've got like four minutes. So I want you to give me a quick synopsis towards the end here of what you think uh, we need to do going forward. I think we covered a lot of area and a lot of territory, and, and give people a lot of things to think about. So what do you? What well, say you? <clears throat> When we're talking about Laodicea, I'll tell you, it's uh, to me, it, it's sad. I, it makes me feel genuine sadness for the people that that we know, the, the the churches that we see who are just going down the wrong path. And what's even more disturbing is they think they got it all together. They think they're going on the right way, and they're not. They're not following Jesus. They actually left Jesus out. That's why he's outside knocking on the door, and they're just inside having a good time, having a 
uh, a party, uh, a rodeo with lights and fog machines. <laughs> a rodeo, and, uh, I remember that one. But, um, you know, it, it gives me sadness. But I do see glimmers of hope sometimes, you know. Somebody, you know, will come up to you from time to time and, and want to know more about something or, or you know, if you're, if you're preaching or you're have, leading a group. Uh, you have opportunity with the few. Now, you may not have opportunity with the masses, but sometimes it just takes one person that you can reach and, and spark something in them that will then take them to uh, um, a better understanding of who God is and what Jesus wants us to be, They want us, that Jesus wants us to be like him and to follow him. Um, so, I mean, that's the, the positive spin on it. Um, is that we can take them one person at a time and make the most of our opportunities and be ready for what's coming and be ready for Christ's return. Amen, brother. All right, I'm going to have to cut it. Friends, we, I could go, we could go longer. This is Tom Richardson with Mike Lyons from the World Turned Upside Down podcast. We've covered a lot of things today. And we will do it again very near in the future, and I'll have a whole lot more room on my uh, SD card. <laughs> Let's do it. But uh, you all have a great day. Mike, you have a great day. Thanks for taking your time and being with us today. You bet. God bless you. And until next time, this is Tom Richardson, Removing Confusion Podcast. See ya! <laughs>